Good morning and welcome to Christ the Quarterstone Worship. We're glad that you're here today. I'm Pastor Roger. We gather today in the name of Jesus Christ because he is the one whom we call out to for our help and he saves us. Let's worship God together this morning.
Listen, all who live in the land. In all your history, has anything like this happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come. And let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. These words come from the prophet Joel thousands of years ago. As we begin worship together, let's continue with a prayer. Will you pray with me? Our loving God and Heavenly Father, we thank you. We know that what we're experiencing in this age is nothing new to you. It is new to us. We call out to you this morning to help us. And as we worship you this morning, we ask your Holy Spirit to fall upon us with your power, with your presence, with your peace, with your comfort. Fall upon every household that's watching this morning. Bring your healing, bring your peace, bring your comfort. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Hello, CTC family. I'm Carrie Ann Oblak with this week's news. Even though we aren't able to meet together in the same room, we can still stay connected. Many of our missional life groups are finding ways to connect through video conferencing, text, the YouVersion Bible app, or Facebook. For those of you who are not already in a group, we are forming online small groups. These groups will be watching Matt Chandler's study of Psalm 23. It's a deep dive into profound truths about our loving and protective God. Each week, the group will watch a short 7-9 to nine minute video and then share their thoughts and answers to discussion questions, all from the comfort of your own home. You can connect to one of these groups by going to our Facebook page and signing up. During these days when we are all at home a lot more than usual, it can be challenging to find things to do with the whole family. Our church has access to an excellent resource called Right Now Media, which has a huge selection of videos for the entire family. In addition, there are Bible studies and teaching videos on just about every subject that pertains to our life and growth in Jesus. To get connected with this resource, text right now CTCDE to 41411 and you will be instructed as to how to set up your own account absolutely free. If you are not already connected to the YouVersion Bible app, now is a great time to get connected. Each week, you'll find the pastor's sermon notes, as well as places for you to make your own personal notes. You'll find hundreds of Bible reading plans. You can invite others to participate with you and share the things that God is laying on your heart. To find today's sermon outline, open the app, click on More in the lower right corner, Then click on events and you will find us there. In these times of uncertainty, we can be sure of one thing. God sees us, he knows us, and he will never leave us. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862. You can text your request to 888-344-1022. Or you can send us a message through Facebook. God bless you and have a great week.
Good morning. It's, I wish I could say it's great to see everybody, but obviously you can see me, but I can't see you. And I got to tell you, I miss you guys. I miss us all being together. I miss us all being in the same room and being able to lift our hands and lift our voices and worship and, and fellowship together. Uh, but this is hopefully a uh, suitable substitute. And uh, so we pray that God's anointing will rest on this today and that he will bless you. Uh, the, the announcement video that you just saw, I hope you found it informative. Moving forward, that's how we're going to deliver announcements to you uh, in the future. It gives us an opportunity to kind of standardize how we deliver the announcements across all of our weekend services. And in addition to that, we have the opportunity to post it on our social media uh, page. So I want to thank Carrie Ann for being on camera uh, for that. I want to thank our audio assistant, Kelsey, for doing a great job and uh, for the team that worked on this to put it together. I want to talk to you for just a minute about next weekend. Next weekend is Communion Sunday, and you might already be wondering, how are we going to take communion together next week? Uh, Well, I'm going to explain that uh, very briefly. What uh, Pastor Roger and I talked about this week is we want you to take some time this week and gather some uh, communion elements, some bread and some juice, and uh, prepare yourself uh, for all of us to take uh, communion together during our online service next weekend. Uh, When we come to the end of the service, Pastor Roger will do uh, as we customarily do. We'll pray a prayer, and he will say a blessing over it. God's spirit and his presence is universal, so we know that he will be with us, uh, and uh, we'll have a great time taking communion together. We will remind you of this uh, throughout the week on Facebook and on Instagram and uh, different places where uh, we can make sure that Uh, that you're aware of this so that uh, that information doesn't get by you. So now as we take a couple of minutes for our giving moment, I want us to just think about how we can continue uh, the work that God has called us to do. Last week we talked a little bit in depth about how we want to position ourselves strategically as a church on the other side of this event and how we want to remain strong as a church financially so that all of the hurting people that are in our community and in our world, uh, we can do our best Uh, to meet the needs that God puts before us. So uh, I know that times might be tough. You might be cut back. You might be unemployed. Uh, You might be in a situation where you're right now you're not making as much money, uh, and we understand that. We pray God's blessing on you and on our church from unexpected sources. As we take a couple of minutes and prepare to give, the information is on your screen. We have two primary ways that you can give. You can go to our website, which is ctcde.net forward slash give. Uh, and you can, uh, the, the platform that we use is called Secure Give, and it is very, very secure. I have used it myself since we've been here at CTC, and I have never had a problem. It's easy to set up, uh, and you can go that direction. You can also text the number on your screen in whole dollar amounts, no dollar sign, just a whole dollar amount. It also will take you to Secure Give and give you an opportunity to set that up. Once you've set that up, in the future, you can just text the information. If you would prefer to write us a check and just mail it to the church, you can call our office. If you don't have our address, you can look it up on our website. Uh, we'd be glad to, uh, to receive that. So as we go to prayer this morning, uh, let's just consider uh, what the Lord would have us do in terms of our giving today. Our worship team is going to come after this prayer and lead us in a song, and it will give you an opportunity to, to go to your computer or, or text that number. Write your check, whatever God lays on your heart. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for your provision and for your great love for us. And so, Lord, today as we think about this giving moment and as we think about uh, your faithfulness to us, 
Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness of your people. And God, we pray that, as I just said a minute ago, that you would bless us from unexpected sources, that you would open up the windows of heaven. Lord, not only on us, but every Bible-believing church. Uh, Lord, I, I know that there have got to be churches that are struggling. And, and uh, God, we just pray your blessing and your anointing on them. We thank you for who you are and who you, go, who you are going to be in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning. Would you please pray with me this morning? Gracious and glorious God, we first of all thank you for your presence here with us, for your presence with those who are joining us online. We thank you for the privilege of being able to praise you together, even if we are not in the same room. Lord, we've been hearing about Jonah these past several weeks, and just as Jonah went through his period of separation in the belly of the big fish, we're feeling separated from one another, but help us to trust, help us to remember that you are in control and that your perfect will and perfect timing still remain certain in these uncertain times. Lord, we pray for those who have been affected directly by this virus, either through sickness, we, we pray for healing, and we pray for those who are feeling alone and, and distant. We pray for those who are experiencing anxiety and stress. We ask that you calm their fears, calm their nerves, and that they would feel your presence with them. Lord, we pray for our government leaders during this time who have never experienced this before and are are leading us through a turbulent time. And we pray for our churches, especially, who are trying their best to minister to those without being in direct contact. And today, Lord, I thank you for our pastor, Pastor Roger, and his leadership. And I ask you to be with him as he brings the message to us today. Lord, we know this is the message that you have given him to deliver to us. And so we pray for your anointing on him. We pray for your anointing on those that are listening. And we just invite your Holy Spirit to fill him, to fill each of us, to fill this space, to fill the homes of those who are with us this morning. I pray all this in the name of your precious son, Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen. that we're having some trouble with the audio coming through the live feed through the website. Obviously, if you're uh, hearing this, you can't hear me say, go to Facebook. But the audio on Facebook is is working fine. Uh, so if you can text people, let people know that uh, Facebook is working good, we'd appreciate that so that you can hear my beautiful voice as we're worshiping together and continuing. Let me ask you a question this morning to get us thinking about our scripture passage. How do you respond to someone who's angry and they're coming to you? They're angry about something you did or something you said. How do you respond to that person? While you're thinking about that question, let me tell you this story. A couple had been married 25 years. And the day came when the husband was cleaning out the attic and he found a box up in the attic. Inside the box were three knitted scarves and $2,500. He took the box downstairs to his wife and said, Honey, do you know what what this box is for, these three scarves and $2,500? She said, Oh, yes. That's every time I got angry with you, 
I started to knit a scarf. And I put it in the box. And the husband was glad to learn that he'd only made her angry three times in the 25 years. And he was very pleased with that. And he said, well, that explains the three scarves, but what about the $2,500? She smiled and said, oh, that's the earnings I made on selling all the other scarves. <laughs> How we deal with anger is important with us. As we go through the message this morning, uh, I want to remind you that you can submit a comment, a question, a prayer request anytime on Facebook or through the website, which you can't hear. Uh, remember the text number that we've put on the screen? That's, going, that's a constant number for our church, and you can text information or questions to that text number anytime, and, uh, and we'll get that just like we're getting a phone message. You may want to save that phone number in your contacts list for future reference to stay in touch with us that way. Back to my question, how do you react when someone approaches you with anger? Comment online if you can and give just a brief answer. Don't tell your whole story, but just give a brief answer about how you react. Maybe it would start a conversation with somebody uh, about how you deal with anger in your own life. But some, here are some options that we might have. Some of us just turn around and run the other way when we see angry people coming at us. Sometimes we ignore other people. Sometimes we get defensive. Some of us just take it in personally and let it soak in and we mull it over and sometimes we let the anger fester and we just get frustrated. Some of us have the ability to understand, to listen quietly for understanding. If you're like me, I'm, I, I like to rationalize things, so I'm quickly thinking of things. How can I get out of this situation or making excuses? And many of us try to blame somebody else for something instead of taking it on for ourselves. Last week I told a story about an accident that I'd had on the farm. And I, in that accident, I expected my father to react to me very angrily, but he didn't. He it doesn't mean that he wasn't angry. It just means that he reacted with kindness instead of anger. Apparently, my father was slow to anger. I remember another time, I'm going to tell a story on my oldest sister, Joan. Another time when Dad responded uh, with kindness instead of anger. My sister, Joan, was about 16, maybe 17 years old. She was a new driver. And I don't know how many... how much practice she's had driving, but one Sunday morning, Dad asked her to go pull the car around and drive the family to church. So Joan went out to the garage very carefully, back to the car, out of the garage, uh, making sure, uh, for watching her mirrors very carefully, and she did great backing it out, backing it out, and as she backed up, she turned to the left so that the front of the car would move to the right, putting her in the right position to pull up in the driveway where we all, the rest of us, could get into the car. And as she turned and continued to back up, all of a sudden she heard this pop and the crash of breaking glass. What she didn't notice in her rearview mirror was behind the car was Dad's great big, I don't know, 20 or 30 foot long flatbed truck, that the flatbed of it was about four feet high, the perfect height so that the steel corner of that flatbed truck slipped very easily right into the back window of our family's station wagon. Not a scratch 
to, to the rest of the car, but the back window was completely destroyed, and there was glass all over. Joan, I can imagine her turning around and watching, looking to see what happened, and the horror over her face, and how she imagined what Dad might say when he found out what had happened. But again, he didn't respond with anger. He just dealt with it. My sister Joan said later that she wished that Dad had yelled at her because it would have made her feel better. Dad didn't respond with anger. How do you respond to people who are angry when they're coming to you? In the book of Jonah, in this fourth chapter as we continue our series uh, uh, called 72 Hours, looking at, the stu- looking at the book of Jonah, we're looking at the issue of anger, but how God deals with Jonah's anger. I've said this many times, Jonah has become a very good friend of mine, and in, be, part of that is because the number of times that I have felt angry in my life, I look to Jonah to see how God deals with my anger. So I encourage you to follow along the Bible reading as I read it this morning. You might follow it on screen or out of your own Bible. I'm using the New Living Translation. But it's okay if you have another translation. Sometimes other translations give us uh, a new insight and uh, we can learn new things. But let's hear the story of Jonah from the book of Jonah, chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and Jonah became very angry. So he complained to the Lord. He said, I didn't say, didn't I tell you, God, before I left home that you would do this? That's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. This is Jonah's complaint to God. He's angry because God is a loving God. Back to this text. He says, you are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. God, you're going to save all those people. I don't want you to save those people. Yeah, Okay, that's the part of Jonah that I don't want to be friends with. Verse 4 says, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? And then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and he made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. I imagine that Jonah expected thunders and earthquakes and lightning to come down, kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah, and it turning into just a ball of fire. So Jonah set up camp to watch that all happen. And verse 6 says, And the Lord arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. Now this, dis, this eased his discomfort, and Jonah became very grateful for the plant. See the emotions that Jonah is experiencing here? But now God arranged for a worm. And that next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And the sun grew hot. 
And God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint. And again, he wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, Jonah exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, again, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, angry even enough to die. Get me out of this world. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And so the book ends right there. There are three things that I want us to think about this morning from this story of the book of Jonah, and specifically from this fourth chapter. The first thing I want you to listen to is that God can handle your anger. In this story, we don't see God lashing out furiously at Jonah. We see God listening to Jonah. He hears the cries of the people of Nineveh. He knows what they're experiencing. He has been with Jonah throughout his entire journey. He's heard Jonah complain to him. He's watched Jonah turn his back on God. And God has brought Jonah back to his purposes. And God is consistently coming back and bringing Jonah to himself. God never turns his back on Jonah. I remember a time in my own life when I definitely wanted to turn my back on what God was calling me to do, and God would not let me go. God kept me there. He kept me in the situation for another five years at least. And God wanted me to stay. And God never abandoned me. He helped me. And he caused things to become better in my life. We're suddenly in a world where anger rises quickly. And in, in response to this pandemic, I've had to make many decisions that have multiple options. I could have made this decision or this decision or this decision. And every one of the possibilities that I had had negative consequences, and it didn't matter which of these possibilities I chose, somebody was going to be angry with me. But I was the one that was in the position to make the decision, and I had to deal with that. Some people are out of work totally. And on the other hand, there are some people who can't keep up with the amount of work that they have because of this pandemic. So some people are struggling financially and other people are amassing great amounts of money through this. But God is at work and God is not leaving any of us alone through this. And God is able to handle your anger. Jonah's anger does not stop God from God's plans to save his people. And God has a plan for all of us, and God is still working that plan. 
for his purposes and for our good to those who love God and are committed to his purposes. God does not respond with anger against Jonah, but God knows fully well why Jonah is angry. Jonah is angry because God is a good God. How many times in our world have we heard people say, I'm angry with God because he's forgiving to that person. I don't want God to love that person. I don't like that person. But God still loves that person. God loves us all. And God never abandons Jonah, nor will God ever abandon us, even though we may turn our backs on God. God is still there. God can handle your anger. The second thing I want us to hear clearly this morning is out of this passage is that God desires to save his people. In verse 11, there's the phrase that the New Living Translation has that is calls that these people are in spiritual darkness. 120,000 people are in spiritual darkness. The Hebrew language literally is translated like this. These are 120,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left. Now, you're pretty lost if you don't know your right hand from your left. And in these times of stressful situations, that is easy to do. I had a very funny experience. I think it's funny. You may not think it's funny. Some of you who are on Facebook might have seen my post from this last Friday. I got on my I decided it was a beautiful day to ride my bicycle to work. I was under stress. I had a lot of stress. And one of the reasons I chose to ride my bike was so that I could relieve some of that stress in a physical way. So I had my outfit on, my my cooler weather outfit on. I walked out of the house into the garage where my bike is hung, and I went out there to get my bicycle, and I opened the garage door, and in my mind I had everything ready, and and I got my phone ready uh, to, to track me on my ride, and I walked out the garage door. Everything was ready. I closed the garage door, and I began walking down the sidewalk towards the street and I stopped at the edge of my car and I realized I'm not right taking the car today I'm riding my bicycle and I've got my shoes on I've got my helmet on I've got my outfit on and I'm ready for a bike but where's my bike still in the garage (laughs) I had so much stress I didn't know my right hand from my left I had to stop And pause and get my bearings about life. God desires to save us and bring us back to his purposes and his people. Many times we go through life not even knowing that we need help. I walked down that driveway confident that I was I was doing what I normally do, just going to work. I didn't even know that I needed help until I reached for my car door and realized that I don't have my car keys. Oh, yeah, I'm not even going to ride my take the car today. I'm supposed to ride my bike. So many times we're lost in this world and we don't know it. We're overwhelmed by our own losses. We're taken over by our fears. We're consumed with our own greed and selfishness. Or we are trapped in our own addictions. 
We don't know which way to turn. This is the condition of the city of Nineveh. And it was a condition that God no longer wanted those people to live in. And so he sent Jonah to them to give them the message that says, Stop your wicked and evil ways. Turn around and come to me. And I will forgive you. That's simply the message that Jonah was to give. And Jonah didn't want to give it. He ran away. God threw him in the ocean, spit him out of the ocean. Jonah said, I'll go. Finally, he goes to Nineveh and he gives them the message. And here in chapter four, we see that he's now he's sitting in his little under his little shelter, his his little vine of shade. And he's pleased. He's ready for the fireworks to begin, like many of us do on the 4th of July, sitting on the beach. Or when I was young, we used to go sit on the hillside of my grandmother's farm. And from the hillside, we could, we could see the airport that was on the next hill over. And we had a beautiful picture of the fireworks that were coming. So Jonah's sitting here. He's ready and he's poised to see the show. But instead, God forgives it. And Jonah's angry about it. God can handle your anger and God desires to save his people. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10, others have come to steal and kill, but I have come that all people may live a rich and satisfying life. And the third thing I want us to see from this passage this morning is the discipline that God gives to Jonah. God disciplines Jonah. Now, I want to apply Jonah as as an image to all the people who have faith in Jesus Christ, to all the people of God. These are the people who are part of God's family. And let's let Jonah be be an image or a metaphor for all of us and realize that God disciplines us all. There's a difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment looks to the past. Discipline looks to the future. Punishment is punitive. Punishment just says you did wrong and you're going to pay the price for this. But discipline says, I love you. I see potential in you and I want you to do better in the future. And it gives us guidelines. And that's exactly what Jonah or what God is doing to Jonah. He's disciplining him. God disciplines Jonah by taking away the shelter that God provided. He gives it again. And I love that this book ends with Jonah sitting there in anger. And what I get out of that reality is that here is God and Jonah still in this relationship with each other. God, Jonah has already tried to run away from Jonah. No, let me say that the right way. Jonah has already tried to run away from God. He knows that he cannot run away from God. He knows that God is always there. And Jonah is sitting there in his anger, still furious at God. But God still loves Jonah. Here's my invitation to you. Because God can handle your anger. I invite you to be brave enough to tell God what makes you angry. Maybe you don't want to post it in a comment on Facebook right now. But maybe there are a couple experiences that you have had. And maybe with just one or two words, you can make a post on, on Facebook that says, This situation makes me angry. 
and I don't understand it. And I almost, I dare you to take your anger to God. But don't throw your anger at God and turn away and walk away. I had somebody this week hang the phone up on me twice. Same person. Just called and told me their peace and hung up. Don't do that to God. Stay connected with God. Tell God what it is you are angry about. And let God sit there with you. And just be present with God. Let God be present with you in whatever situation causes you to be angry. God loves you. And secondly, God desires to save his people. So here's the second invitation that I give to you. Because God desires to save his people and to free them from spiritual darkness, I invite you to place your trust in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to forgive us our sins. God reached down into the pit of hell and brought Jesus back to life. Jonah was dead. Jonah was brought back to life, and Jonah died again. But Jesus died once and was brought back to life, and he lives forever. And he is our Savior today also. So Jesus lives forever, and I invite you to place your trust in him. Confess your sin to him. Confess your anger. Confess your sin. Say, Jesus, I need you to save me. And finally, because God is a good God who disciplines, listen to God's correction in your own life. Scripture reveals to us the way that God desires for us to live. He teaches us through it what is true and what is false. But we have to make the decision to follow his ways. We have the choice. God has worked in my mind and in my heart to disciple me when I crashed that tractor as the story that I told you last week into the side of the barn. God changed my heart and my attitude about the work that my father, my human father, was asking me to do and how I was wrong with what I was doing. God worked in my sister's life when she realized the magnitude of her accident. Dad knew that it was just a broken window, but it was so much more to my sister Joan. And I'm sure that there was a sense in which it caused her to go to her knees and to God and say, God, how am I living my life? I don't want to make stupid mistakes anymore. Help me, Jesus, be wise in everything that I do. And you can pray that same prayer today. And God is using our own circumstances, your own circumstances in your life to teach you, to guide you, to discipline you in the way that God wants you to live. Because you were created for purpose. You were created for life. You were created for abundant life and satisfying life. Trust in Jesus Christ. I encourage you to comment on one of the platforms that we've got. Text us. You can, apparently, if the, the website is not working, you can still go there and make a comment there. Let's be in touch and let's pray for one another. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you again for the story of Jonah. Thank you for every person who's gathered today. Thank you for the time that we have together. As I prayed before, that you would fill every household with your presence. Come now as people make a decision about who you are and what we're going to do about you. Help us be faithful in everything that we do. Help us look outside our window and see our neighbors and not be fearful about encountering them. 
But perhaps, God, as people are walking by, we will be able to, to just walk out or open our doorway and say, Hey, how are you doing? Do you need anything? Can I share something with you? And then, Jesus, help us to be generous with our neighbors. We need that more than ever now. We pray for our nation. We pray for our world that you would bring quick healing, peace, and comfort. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you.
can hear your voice singing over me. I'm free indeed. I can feel your power washing over me. 